Hey guys, this is Tina B. And Charmaine G. We're here to talk about the messiness of life. It's ugly. And it's raw. It's real. And it's a freaking game. It's whack-a-mole. 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 This is us. And our gift to you. Hello and welcome. Welcome, wackos. Oh, here we are. A new week. I love Tuesdays. I'm Me jazzed. Too. I'm so jazzed for this. And not just because I leave work 15 minutes early. <laughs> and first time for everything, we have a guest on yes. our show. Should we do an intro? Sure. All right. I'll let you speak for yourself, young man. I am Dr. Craig Booth. I grew up in St. George. I came back here in 1973 to be a general practitioner. Delivered uh, 2,500 babies over the next 15 years. Wow. I've been, uh, I was our first medical director at the hospital, and I am now helping run the Booth Wellness Center on campus mm. and the free clinic. How exciting. That is so exciting. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Appreciate you for gracing us. Great yeah, to be today. here. This sounds fun. All right. It, I'm hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> well, and as always, it's Charmaine G. And, and I am Tina B. And as always, we are adults having adult conversations. So um, if you've got kiddos around, you may want to listen when they're not around. Um, we are live right now, so nothing can't will be edit edited. it. Yeah, so Sorry. it's going to be out there and raw. But you certainly can listen anywhere you get your uh, podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, iHeart, any of those outlets. Facebook, you can listen YouTube. later, later, and and edit it yourself. You can turn down or just. <laughs> Listen to it while you're taking a hot bath in the shower. Totally. Yes. Okay. So I need to start off with one thing. um, And I want to give as much time to our guest and our topic as possible. And this isn't my deal this week. So um, last week, Charmaine brought up our world mole, which was um, war and how we have troops over. We were talking about how many of our guys, um, have been over there, how many of our people have been over there and have come back with PTSD and so on and so forth and thanking them for their service. And Tina B, that's me, I made a mistake by calling um, our troops our boys. And we all know that we have men and women. I would never, the last thing I would ever want to do is to shortchange my gender because, well, we're the stronger gender. So. And that happened. <laughs> that did happen. Um, so, ladies, please forgive me. All the men and women, our troops, that um, give so freely of their lives so that we can continue to live in this free country. That's a really big Amen. deal. Amen. I apologize. My apologies. And um, I think those troops that, would be the last yeah. people to be offended by a <laughs> comment like that. I, I would hope so. Why do you think that? It's just that they're already tough. They're not uh, super sensitive like half our society. Mm, look at us. Mm, I'm liking it already. Okay, well, Mr. Man. We have decided to forego the world mall just to get straight into the topics, to the nuts and the guts and the butts. Um, so real quick, though, just a quick blurb. The debate's on tonight, everyone. Uh, that's all I'm going to say. I'm so excited to watch the debate. Um, so again, this week is my topic, and we I've just announced to Tina and Doc that we are going to be talking about dun 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 postpartum depression. Okay. Postpartum depression. Seriously, so many people think, well, how can I relate to that? I'm a man. 
Um, that's why I invited our guest because he can definitely identify that this is not specific to the person, the patient in the chair that's suffering, but it is wholeheartedly effective to the household, to the, the, the family unit itself. So I'm going to start off by sharing and becoming a little bit naked in this, um, version because I honestly, I'm a happy person. I mean, I'm always feeling like I'm on an energy level for uh, the amount of 10 and not just caffeine that I'm drinking every day. But I never thought I would be able to have kids. I just, I was in a marriage prior to this and um, we just never even, I mean, it's not like we didn't practice or anything. We just never became pregnant. Thank you. Right. Well, that's your visual for the week. We never did become pregnant and 11 years of marriage. I mean, isn't that a pretty significant what's going on there? So with that being said, later on down the road, when, when we found out right, when we were married, that we, we were expecting a child, I thought, oh my gosh, like this is a miracle. Like I didn't know like how to process that because I've always been a corporate raider and Mm. working in the workforce, but it was almost a part of me that was missing. Right. So then I carry the child and I carried it low and hard and it hurts. I mean, your body gets rocked. What month did you give birth? Um, which one? I have two children. Mm -hmm. So, uh, March, The end of March. So it was nice. I was fat and plump during the winter and like, you know, all nice and meaty. Um, And then when he came, I mean, I remember sitting there being so far out that I couldn't even see my feet thinking, oh, shit, this has got to come out of me. Mm. Like, how is this going to happen? You know, and all those things. You don't even think about the mental piece to it like how to prepare you're trying to get everything organized and you know your freezer meals yay and I'm not built like that but um at the same time I had my son and everything I've ever known was gone like my my I what I thought life to be. I literally joke around and say that my children are the biggest blessing and then they suck the life right out of me. Mm, <laughs> like yeah, well, it was there you go. Gone. That's pretty accurate. It was really gone. And not just at birth, like that's a... No, literally. Mm-hmm. I mean, as women, I think our chemical values change monthly. Mm-hmm. And then when you, it takes about a year from what I've understood for it to come back after you have a child for your levels to come back to normalcy if, if they ever really do. I, I'm going to turn the time over to Dr. Booth, but finishing this story, I wanted to tell you how real it was. It wasn't just sitting there feeling like I was a milkmaid on the couch in the basement and no adults talked to me for months because I was so scared to keep this infant alive and RSV and all those things um, that I was trying to really just learn a whole new part of who I was that I literally was so gone like in my mind space that I got into the car one day and this is about six weeks after having Landon and I drove for 12 hours straight. I did stop and where the hell did you go all around town? I just drove. Okay. So you didn't take off out of state or something. I just just drove around town and I would pull over when he'd cry and I'd nurse him in the back seat and then I'd get back in the front. I've never experienced something that was so 
clear and cut that something was wrong. You dark. Know? It was dark for you. Very dark. Okay. And I have to say, thank God that happened for me because the smaller symptoms that, you know, irritability, insomnia, things that we experience as a new mom creep up on you. But when it goes physical to where you're so anxious mm. that you're just driving around mm. to soothe yourself, I immediately called my doctor and said, something's wrong. Something I've never experienced in my life and I can't live another day. Not that I was understanding what was going on, but I knew I needed immediate help. Am I the only one? I think so. I don't know of one other woman who ever had postpartum depression <laughs> besides you. Thank <laughs> <laughs> God I knew I was unique. But. PPD, as, uh, as we'd call it, PTSD is a relatively new term. We've only been talking about yeah. that for 20 years. PPD in the early 70s when I came into practice was just being talked about in the world. And postpartum depression was being recognized as a real thing. Women who had their babies in the 40s and 50s couldn't be depressed. They were too busy. Life was going on. They had no choice but to buck it up. Uh, their husbands didn't know anything about postpartum depression. It was not discussed as a separate entity. But beginning in the early 70s, it came out of the closet, so to speak. And women at that same time, uh, the ERA uh, started to uh, mm. hit us and women began to stand up and say, hey, look at us, we're depressed. This uh, having babies ruins us, ruins us physically and psychologically and emotionally, Has all kind of, uh, creates all kinds of damage in those uh, three areas of our lives. What can we do about it? And at that time, uh, all of us, men, women, children, began to recognize this is a real entity. And so the studies began. <clears throat> Everyone wanted to blame it on hormones uh, mm. to begin with. But as... I thought that's what it was. Well, no? as Charmaine was saying, though, a lot of it just had to do with the total transformation of the body. And uh, I mean, here, uh, a little five-foot-two skinny little girl gets pregnant, gains 40 or 50 pounds. Oh, it's so lovely. Has a seven-pound baby and still looks like uh, a wonk. Uh, <clears throat> they're still way overweight. They're disproportionately shaped. Uh, they feel terrible. I remember back in the 70s, I had two quite thin girls who were teaching aerobics in St. George, the very first part of aerobics. These two gals had three or four babies with me, and within two months after they'd had the babies, they were back in total shape wow. and everyone in town hated their guts <laughs> because right. they could do it. Uh -huh. I had another patient at the same time who would, who was tall, thin and gorgeous, who gained 70 pounds with Whoa. each of her pregnancies. Mm. And it would almost put her into a psychosis, into a total mental breakdown until she could get back to her normal weight and feel good about herself. Along during that time came uh, Prozac. Prozac mm. is uh, is the greatest thing since penicillin. Mm. He's a because Prozac pressure. He likes we not on not only had something to help with uh, postpartum depression, mm -hmm. we had something worthwhile, something effective that worked in regular depression. Uh, men is it and true? Women. Can I ask you a question about that very quickly? And I'll no, no questions. Okay. I, I don't know anything beyond that. <laughs> so, d isn't it true that you can? take Prozac while you're pregnant as well? Yeah, it's a class two medication, okay. which is deemed safe okay. during pregnancy. And so the literature always says the physician and patient need to weigh the uh, possible risks. But 
I've never seen a baby come from a Prozac pregnancy that had a definable uh, defect okay. that we could blame on Prozac or any of its cousins. There's like 15 now okay. in that family. So <clears throat> I think more importantly than just the hormone changes, and those are amazing. The hormones that go on with pregnancy and the immediately immediate post postpartum uh, stage, especially in a nursing mom. Uh, physicians prior to the 70s just didn't know how to deal with them. And in the 70s, we began to develop the chemical tests that we could measure those hormone levels. And we watched them change so drastically mm. uh, in the postpartum state that we were able to treat them a little bit. Uh, we weren't perfect at it. We're still not perfect. Postpartum depression is such a unique thing in each individual that their treatment, if they, do, if they uh, elect to have treatment, is so uh, unique to each person and each family situation. The, the husband has to be involved, the kids have to be involved. Often it's grandma and grandma. Uh, the worst culprits ever for postpartum depression is grandma, who says, come on, mm. buck it up. I had five kids, didn't mm -hmm. have anything. Would you just buck it up, lose a few pounds, get back running? and be like me and go milk the cow. So we just, <laughs> that, that was a horrible thing. Mm. Grandpa's just totally out of the picture. Grandpa's for women in the seventies and eighties were, were just not with it mm -hmm. in terms of understanding or even wanting to understand or to be involved. Very rare. They to smoked have cigars happen. in the waiting room when their kids were being born. Pretty so, much. They yeah. were in there with Sigmund Freud and yeah. just wondering what, <laughs> what was going right. on. What's, yeah. all, what's all the excitement about? So are you saying, am I understanding this correctly, that it it's a combination of hormones and how you feel post-birth um, self-esteem-wise? Self-esteem is a, a big, big part of it. Would you say it's bigger than the hormonal part? No, I don't. Okay. I, I, we don't have studies to indicate whether or not one's okay. bigger than the other. And in each patient, the ratio of self-esteem versus hormones is different. Mm. So sometimes the hormonal thing is very difficult for women to deal with. Sometimes it's a self-esteem issue. My tall, skinny girl who gained 70 pounds, hers was a self-esteem issue. Mm. Her hormone situation would straighten out very rapidly, but she had been beautiful her whole life and skinny and wonderful, and she just couldn't handle it. And she went through three pregnancies, uh, gaining 70 pounds with each pregnancy. And it would take her four, five, six months to lose that. Um, while trying to transition into being a new, uh, mom. A new mom the first time and then a, a, a mom to managing yeah managing that those roles and she, still being attractive to your husband and yeah. all of or those to things yourself. Yeah. she didn't care about her liking husband. what you see in the mirror is huge it's very she, huge. she was a uh, concern about what she looked like to the world mm. she was a professional she had to look good gotcha. she thought she had to look good and, and probably she did. Her success a lot determined, or was determined by how she looked. And she felt that was very critical. Hormones with her were quite easy to adjust. Uh, they're not always e easy. The other thing is a lot of uh, brand new moms, I mean, they feel like they're superwoman too. Why, why can't I do this? Mm. My mom did it, grandma did it. Uh, or you're my comparing yourself it. to- The Relief Society yeah, president yeah. did it. You you're know, comparing why? yourself to all the natural mothers that are in cloth diapers and kefir and 
growing yeast and all Why these things. Why do I things. feel like I want to uh, yeah. kill my husband and, and rub out all the kids and all that kind of thing? It, <laughs> women just can't understand where those thoughts are coming from. Right. And, and there's a lot guilty. of, there's so, and shame. So, yep. so much. You know, I remember sitting there after the, I, I, I just was shaking and, and I never had the, an experience before that growing up. I wouldn't say that I was depressed or I was anxious, but since I've had children, I do suffer from anxiety. I mean, it's definitely moderate now, maybe mild because it's, you know, it's manageable, but I'll tell you, it was so intense that I looked straight at my husband and, and I said, I now understand why mothers get in the minivans and drive straight into the ocean. Yep. Yep. Right. We're also in the middle of a Mormon culture right here. And Mormon girls are supposed to be perfect. And they're supposed to do all the things that the Book of Mormon tells them to do. <laughs> and all the things that the brethren of the church tell them to do. And, and buck it up and move along. So it's nice when we have, number one, female obstetricians who can take time and talk to them. They're not all great, but they are better generally than the men were. Mm -hmm. Although many men, obstetricians become quite sensitive to this issue because everybody deals with it. Right. I, I know very few patients who just have a pregnancy, go through it, have the baby, lose their weight, get right back into it. And it was like nothing. There's a few who like to think they can do that and show the rest of the world. But I think they do a disservice to the rest of the world when they right. when they act That's like this is easy. Child. Yeah, and I call them professionals. Professional men have makers. men have no idea what happens to women's bodies with the uh, vaginal area, vaginal delivery, uh, ruining the bladder, ruining uh, bowel control and urinary control, and the stretch marks and yeah, men, men just can't relate to that. And with that weight gain, that rapid weight gain, um, I mean, it does some stress on the organs itself, you know, oh, I mean. All through the body. The really neat thing is in the next life, men are going to have to have the babies. That's already been. <laughs> oh, my you. God. Thank you. I read that. You heard that right yeah. here live. Yes. Yeah, we've, we already, we've got That's that. That's got a direct line <laughs> to the big man. Yeah. So I'm about to just poo-poo what you said. I was a woman at 32 who got pregnant. I uh -huh. was probably 98 pounds when I got pregnant. That's late. And then I gained, I topped out at 136 pounds with both of my pregnancies. Teeny. That's not bad. I was teeny. Yeah. And not for lack of eating, not for, it's just the just way my body frame. did yeah. it. That's what happened. And then I was back into like a size two. I hate you. There are differences. My hips are different. My, yeah. I was a little more curvy. It actually worked out for me. However, I know that, um, so that I had, I didn't get postpartum depression as much as I was in very difficult relationships when I was mm. pregnant with my children. So there's a darkness. There was, I can totally relate to that darkness and knowing that I was, you know, at times, especially with my second child that I'm pretty much doing this by myself. Makes a and huge difference. I mean, I got to tell you, and, and, you know, back to what you said about the Mormon culture, and it's not just the Mormon culture, it's my Italian heritage. It's, it's yep. all over the place with, um, people, society can put more value on you, um, repressing your feelings about something and not walking through the pain than, you know, just be a trooper and you're, and look how strong you are. And meanwhile, you're, you know, in the bathroom, in the shower, crying yourself, right. you know, through something and you're afraid to share that. I'm so grateful that 
that's changing in our society, that mental health is such a big deal right now. That a lot of that is changing, but we still have a lot of women whose total worth, worth in life has to do with how many kids she's got, how well oh. she's raising them, and we'll always have that. And that's okay, that's, that's strictly their business, but it makes it very difficult for their neighbor who, I mean, yeah. the lady who has it seven, eight kids. It classifies you and, who you are, yeah, I agree. turns her whole life to raising these children is very hard on her neighbor who's had two kids and doesn't want any more kids. So it's such a unique situation within a neighborhood, within a family, within a community. Uh, there's so many things that add into postpartum depression that sometimes it's difficult to sort it all out. Yeah. Mm. Well, I think after practicing for over 45 years in this great county, and how many births did you have? Uh, 2,500, most of them paid for them. Okay, so 2,500, yeah. that's 2,500 moms. So are you now like chasing down those kids? Yes. I remember your mother and she <laughs> owes me. That's funny. But Thank I'm you. sure that you, with those moms that you took such gentle care that you probably saved a lot of their, um, you know, driving into the ocean. Cause I remember thinking it's do or die, you know? Uh, yeah. And if I didn't have that conversation with my doctor, I wouldn't be sitting right here. This was back before epidurals. So you, docs had to take a lot of extra time with patients, uh, to help them through it. Because women were uh, in the va valley of the shadow of death when they go through a right. natural delivery. Mm. That's a whole different experience. And men, of course, can relate to that very well. How so? <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. seriously. That was sarcasm. Seriously, that's I was so watching, awesome. let me just say this. Yeah, I've yeah. been watching The Handmaid's Tale. I've heard it's good. Yeah, there's a scene where she gives birth alone. I, oh, spoiler alert <laughs> <laughs> but she's squatting and she's and it's a very realistic and i i can't even no imagine no i delivered one child without an epidural soldier and it that's was, crazy it was i'm glad i did it because oh, i wanted to I've experience it it was painful i'm not gonna lie it was not fun and games and stuff happens to your body it's not just a baby that's coming out of there like all kinds of stuff is yeah <laughs> it's traumatic. It really it is. is. I mean, if it's we went into our birth stories, they tell you, we are pregnant, you're out here, everybody wants to share their birth stories, and you're freaking traumatized. And then you go through your own, and that's literally your tribute in life. You're like, look mm. what I can do. Yeah. Um, in closing, our live whack-a-mole. Um, thanks, Dr. Booth, because I can Thank tell you so much. You have served our community, and you served me as a dear friend. I thought you'd be a little bit more raunchier than this, but I'm so impressed by you, because we need to talk about this important topic thank you Thanks, Charmaine. Tina. thank you for sharing your experience of with course. me and our audience that takes guts, guts. raunchy Literally. where did raunchy come from oh well we had a conversation on that over here yeah we'll and before we yeah. turn the mics on <laughs> <laughs> so my life whack-a-mole this week is vulnerability I actually am practicing it more and every day so wish me luck because I am it's not an easy thing so, Doc, what's your world, uh, your life whack-a-mole this week? I'm not sure what the concept is, but uh, we're trying to sell our home and build a new home, and I'm just so upside down. You lived down. in that home how 45 long? Forty-five years. Forty-five wow. years. That's an undertaking. Tina's Huge. take us home. Okay, mine is about my child, my oldest daughter, who passed her state board. <gasps> 
the practical exam and the written and she is renting a booth and Marissa Thriving. hair by Marissa she's blowing oh, me away I'm book now today yes, all right yes all right our lovely so. audience wackos and another weekend down the drain and I'll tell you what we are just so blessed to be here so blessed and, and as Charmaine likes to say this is our gift to you thank you so much thank you You've been listening to Whack-A-Mole with Tina B. and Charmaine G. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Watch us on YouTube and subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Pandora, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Join us next time for, well, whatever may happen with Tina B. and Charmaine G. on Whack-A-Mole. This has been a production from a podcast studio.